what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This episode of The Caregiver Community is sponsored by Pace at Home. During this uncertain time, Pace at Home is enrolling participants who wish to continue to remain at home. Partnering with families, Pace at Home provides caring medical support for all of our program's participants. Visit us on our website or give us a call at 828-468-3980 to talk with a representative that can discuss with you the Pace at Home all-inclusive medical approach. Pace at Home is the champion for seniors wishing to remain in their community. Welcome to the Caregiver Community. This is a place where we talk about the joys and the challenges of caring for our aging parents as well as caring for ourselves. I am Frances Hall, Executive Director of ACAP Community, Adult Children of Aging Parents. There are now an estimated 20 million adult children in the United States and many more millions worldwide who are caring for aging parents and are concerned about their own life as they age. In this podcast, we are talking about difficult parent-adult-child relationships. Dr. Jane Everson, my interviewee, is a project principal investigator at the University of South Carolina School of Medicine. Dr. Everson's PhD is in urban services from Virginia Commonwealth University, and her undergraduate and graduate work were in special education and counseling. Her work in the disabilities arena has lent itself well to her role as a caregiver and advocate for her parents as they have dealt with issues related to aging. Full transparency. Dr. Everson joined me in the early days of ACAP and together we put in place all the details to help ACAP grow beyond a small local effort in Hickory, North Carolina. Jane and I transitioned adult children of aging parents the local original effort into ACAP Community, the nonprofit we are today, and began expanding chapters beyond Hickory. In fact, Jane and I began ACAP podcasts together in 2015. So if you listen to some of the earlier podcasts, you'll hear both of us. I will always credit Jane not only with being my good friend, but providing much of the foundation that without question has provided the base on which ACAP has grown into what we are today. Jane, thank you so much for the many gifts you have given to ACAP through the years and for being part of an ACAP podcast once again. How are you today? I'm good, Francis. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, this is fun. You and I are not alone in having had a less than perfect relationship with parents for whom we later became their caregivers and advocates. In fact, from my conversations over the years, I think this is fairly prevalent, but something we really don't talk about very much. So thank you for having the courage to give such personal voice to a difficult part of the caregiving journey. So let's unpack this a bit. What do you mean by imperfect parent-adult-child relationship? I think that's a, a good place to start, Francis. When you first asked me to do a podcast on this topic, I think you used the adjective difficult and you use that to describe the complicated relationships that um, I think you and I and many adult children have with one or more of their aging parents. 
when I was preparing, I struggled with the adjective difficult. I think because so much has been said about children who have difficulties with their aging parents, and it's usually because of behavior problems. And and by that, I mean behavior problems that are frequently on the part of the parents, and they're a result of isolation or maybe age-related sensory losses, memory loss, or dementia. These conversations usually feel to me like they describe difficulties that are primarily a result of the parent's age-related traits. They also usually feel to me like they refer to relationships that were once mutually healthy, but now are difficult only because of the age-related issue. However, as you alluded to in your opening comments, I think there's a segment, maybe even a very large segment of adult children who are struggling to care for their aging parents because they've had difficult lifelong relationships with them. That is, the relationship was difficult before the aging process became apparent, and aging did nothing more than add fuel to the caregiving fire. If we think about it, when we're children, we believe our parents are perfect. In fact, um, most developmental psychologists agree that it's sometime in early adolescence that we realize that our parents are human. That is, they're not perfect. Indeed, um, most of the time, we often conclude they have lots of flaws. (laughs) As adults, we look back on our childhood, and I think we forget this childhood conclusion. Instead, we look at our parents and we have a tendency to view them in, um, in, the, in, the, in the hindsight as having either been good parents or bad parents. That is, we tend to categorize our relationships with them in a very dichotomous way. We see our parents as either being good or bad, and so our relationships with them are either good or bad. But in reality, I think the vast majority of adult children in parent relationships fall somewhere in between good and bad. So for me, it's helpful to envision a continuum where one end is labeled good, and good is defined as nurturing and loving, and the other end of the continuum is labeled bad, and bad is defined as abusive and neglectful. I think most parents land squarely in the middle somewhere. I think many of these parents aren't good or bad, but they are imperfect. And I, and I want to clarify here that I think imperfect parents are those who impact the relationship in unique and damaging ways, but they don't seriously damage the child. Abusive and neglectful parents harm both the child and the relationship. And I, I think that's an important differentiation. Jane, say that again, because I think that is really important. Say that again. Yeah, I, I think that imperfect parents impact the relationship you have with them and they with the child, but they don't seriously damage the child. Whereas abusive and neglectful parents, they damage both the child and the relationship. And you're talking about a child, like a younger child, not the adult child, but when we are younger, right? Oh, I think the adult child as well. I think within us, there's still that little child who is looking for their parents to be perfect. And while we as adolescents acknowledge that, well, of course, they're not perfect. No one's perfect. I think as our parents age, we fall back a little bit into that wanting to have a perfect mom or dad. 
Um, so when I when I talk about imperfect parents and imperfect relationships, think about y- yourself and think about your parents. They have personality traits. They have parenting skills. They have marital expectations and experiences. And then they have their own parent-child experiences. And they bring all that to their parenting obligations. The result is something that's unique and generally imperfect. These imperfect relationships will shape the children as they grow into adults. And so, of course, they impact the relationship that the adult child will have with them as caregivers. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, we bring, we, whether we are the adult child or the parent or anybody, we bring all that has been part of that historical relationship into the caregiving scenario. Indeed, we do. And I don't think we stop and acknowledge that frequently enough. Right, right. Absolutely. That's some really important distinctions, really important understanding, just sort of sort of a, a, a framework for what we're talking about. Right. What prompted you, Jane, to decide to be your mom's and your dad's caregiver and advocate? I think for me, um, the caregiving decisions truly began when I realized that neither of my parents was perfect. And um, that, that was, that was years in the making. My father was, uh, was a severely depressed alcoholic. He was frequently angry. He was very disconnected from his wife, my mother and uh, my brother and I, my mother was, and in fact, she still is an anxious and, and very critical woman who uses manipulation and guilt to manage her relationships. But my father was also, according to his former students, he was a teacher. He was considered to be an excellent teacher, and his brothers and his nephews loved hunting and fishing with him and tell many stories of wonderful times they had. My mother is also a fashionista, and even at age 89, she is truly one of the most intellectually curious people I have ever met. I would describe both of them as good people, but they're definitely imperfect spouses and imperfect parents. When I accepted this, when I, when I realized that they really were imperfect, but not abusive and neglectful, the caregiving decision process for me began to evolve. I definitely did not wake up one day and make the decision to be their advocate and caregiver. But as they aged, as they needed more support, I began to sometimes reluctantly offer more and more advocacy and assistance. And and I want to emphasize, I didn't do this out of guilt or duty, but really out of genuine concern and compassion for them as imperfect humans. In my father's case, caregiving was very different from my mother's. It was um, sudden and brief. It was the result of a short-term prognosis with congestive heart failure. It resulted quickly in a heart attack and his death. I was a cheerleader for him during his hospitalization. I was a cheerleader when he was moved to a nursing home for OT and PT. And I also led the charge for state-imposed nursing home neglect citations on his behalf when he died suddenly as a result of neglect. I felt compassion for him, and I wanted him to have a quality and respectful caregiving experience. But Along the way, something happened that I've really never forgotten, and I wrestle a little bit with it. When he was in the hospital, a surgical nurse 
Actually, she didn't ask. She demanded that I tell my father I love him and to give him a hug before they administered anesthesia. Her comments were really very troublesome to me because in my memory, my father had never said he loved me. He'd never hugged me. And I'd never said I hugged him or loved him. The fact that it was an expectation from this nurse that an adult child would have that relationship with her father really troubled me. And it was the first time that I really began to think about how do I feel about my father as an imperfect human, but also as my father. With my father's death, caregiving with my mother took on um, more time-consuming activities, and it's been a multi-year process with her. Uh, It's been a a process of helping her with financial decision-making, helping her downsize her house and move closer to me. It's uh, more recently included a lot more time with transportation and medical appointments and medication monitoring, helping with her house maintenance and just generally cheerleading and companionship with her. As she ages, as her needs, needs intensify, she's become more demanding. She's become more critical. And I think that's because she's struggling to maintain control of her life. And I had a similar experience with her recently. She was in the operating room, also being prepped for some fairly serious surgery. And she said to me, I want to tell you something in case I don't make it through this surgery. And what she said was, I want you to adopt my cat. And even though (laughs) I know, even though she, like my father, had never in my memory said, I love you, I was still astounded that those would be potentially her last words to me. So I think one of these examples is bittersweet and the other is humorous, but I think they're characteristic of imperfect relationships with imperfect parents. You know, when you're talking about that, I I remember a conversation that you were telling me about your mother's last words about the cat. (laughs) And I can't help but remember, and I think I shared with you that as my mother was writhing in pain with a heart attack, and at 96, as the doctor says, it's it's never good to have a heart attack at 96. Yeah. But I remember as she was was in the midst of a heart attack, she said, get that thing, get that thing. Um, and she was talking about my iPad that I always had with me because it had all kinds of details about her care and medication and, you know, history and all of that kind of stuff. And so rather kind of like your mother, rather than saying anything about, I love you, thank you, you know, any of that after I have been abusive with that, because that was my relationship with my mother. Right. But my mother said, you know, now I want to give such and such item to so-and-so, you know, or make sure that your brother gets such and such and make sure that his wife and your husband get such and such, you know, about my husband. It it was just comical. And at the same time, just this astounding, what goes through their minds is just so different from what we expect. Right. At that point. Well, we I think we still expect to have that perfect parent relationship where our parent is parenting us. And there's just that that child experience within us that still wants that no matter how many times we've been knocked down. <laughs> good point. Good point. And similar in all of that to reach the point that we really can recognize and acknowledge and be OK 
or the imperfectness of our parent is a real healing for us to be to be able to be there. Indeed. Yeah. So Jane, how did you reconcile given the dynamics of the relationship between you and your father and you and your mother? How did you reconcile being involved with their care when that relationship was not the best, you know, through the history? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that as I accepted that I wanted to take on the role of being their caregiver, and again, I said it was somewhat reluctant, and over a period of time, I was by that point in middle adult- adulthood. So it meant that I'd spent a lot of years being angry and resentful and hurt and lonely, but feeling unable to completely disconnect from my parents because I think I still wanted them to be perfect. I still wanted them to at least be better parents. I remember um, as other friends were dealing with their aging parents, I remember being in awe of those who would tell me how much they missed their mother years after their death. And I I remember envying those who said, oh, gosh, I miss my father so much because he was always there as my greatest champion. I just can't really imagine what that kind of relationship feels like. But when I was when I was able to acknowledge that they were imperfect, but not abusive or neglectful, I made a decision that I could either disconnect or accept them as they are. And I, and I want to be clear here, I don't judge anybody who makes the decision to disconnect from their parents. I think that's a personal decision. I know people who have done so, and I would say their parents were probably um, less imperfect than mine, but in, their decision was their decision. I also don't expect um, any accolades for what I have taken on. I think everyone has to make their own decision. But for me, it really was deciding that they are far from perfect parents, but also acknowledging that I think they do love me and my brother in their own imperfect ways. And of course, as an adult, it's also been all too apparent to me that I'm also far from perfect in my roles and my relationships. So as I acknowledge their imperfectness and mine, I have chosen, at least on my better days, to embrace compassion and patience and humor and resilience instead of anger, resentment, impatient, and loneliness. Yeah, you know, as you're saying that, I keep thinking each of us has the right and the responsibility to make very personal decisions. And there is no guidebook. It right. is just what, what is real and authentic for us. Right. Right. And trying to be compassionate. And yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So are there some specific things that help you cope with this new role of being your parents, caregiver at times, an advocate? It's not a switching roles. Uh, we never switch roles with our parents. But, but were there some things that helped you with that? Yeah, I I think that, um, and again, I I know I've said this already, but I think just acknowledging that they are imperfect and I am imperfect, and indeed all human relationships are imperfect and complex. And 
once I realized that having more frank and honest conversations with my husband, with my brother, with friends like you, people who have similar parent relationships, and really being honest about my feelings, I think this has allowed me to maintain a degree of rational thinking and detachment, which allows me to set boundaries and to be a better advocate. And um, there's always wine. Wine always helps. (laughs) Wine and boundaries. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So in all of this, have you found that your perspective of your parents has changed? Oh, absolutely. I, I no longer expect my mother to say I love you or thank you. And I forgave my father for never doing so. Instead, I have really tried to accept the gifts that they gave me. I know that I am resilient. I am self-directed. I'm intellectually curious because of them. I also understand, and I think you alluded to this, that it's really important to tell people I love them, to hug them and to accept them in their relationships without judgment or criticism. Those are some precious and truly lifelong gifts that your parents gave. And that's because of what you both got and didn't receive, that you've made some decisions and, and have, have kind of formulated who you are and, and how you want to be. That's really important stuff. So before we end, any final thoughts, final insights? that you may have for others, words of wisdom? Yeah, I I think if you listen to uh, other podcasts or read any materials, they'll give you lots of guidelines for caregiving. And these all apply even when you're talking about relationships with imperfect parents. Mm -hmm. But I think there are a couple of things that might be characteristic of this kind of relationship that may be helpful. And the first one, as I said earlier, is really just to take the time to dissect and acknowledge the relationship you have with your parents without feeling bound by those categories of good or bad. And this is this for most people, for me, at least could take months or even years. And um, you may benefit in doing this dissection by counseling and peer support. Once you can, if you can, accept the relationship, then try to forgive. And if you can, focus on what you are learning, what gifts your parents have provided you, and then how you can improve your own parenting and spousal relationships. I'm not suggesting that's easy, but taking the time to really dissect that relationship, acknowledging it with others, helped me to realize that not everyone has really perfect parents. And not everyone has abusive parents, but there's a whole lot of us there in the middle that struggle with wanting something we didn't get from our parents. And then second, um, based on how you feel about the relationship, just decide what you're willing and able to do or not do as a caregiver. If you decide on complete estrangement from your parent or parents, um, know that you may need an you may feel a need to redefine those boundaries as they age and as you age. But if you decide to accept any responsibility for caregiving, make sure that you set boundaries. And if you can, let your parents know what those boundaries are. 
you may need to more fully define them. You may need to adjust them as your parents age, but having boundaries and being clear on what they are is really helpful in allowing you to be an advocate, but in a detached and compassionate way. And then finally, whatever it is you decide to do, don't judge yourself, don't judge others for the decisions they're made, and don't ever feel the need to explain or apologize for the decisions you're making. Just do what you can, but know that you're doing it with the tools and the gifts that they gave you. And again, it's that each of us has the right and the responsibility to make decisions based on what we really believe is healthy and best for us, as well as for our parents. Absolutely. That, and that can be difficult at times. So, yeah. It can be very difficult, yes. yes. <laughs> Taking the time to really unpack all of that really does help. And that's, that's a tall order when you're in the middle of it. Um, it absolutely, it absolutely is. But I think it's essential that you take the time to acknowledge the relationship so that you can set the boundaries and be a better advocate and caregiver in whatever way you feel comfortable doing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jane, thank you so much. This is like a continuation of, of so many conversations that you that you and I have had through the years. Um, But even if the details are different, I suspect there will be lots of people who truly identify with the story and and with what you are saying, the guidance that you're giving, um, and will find that that the insights are really helpful. I certainly hope so. I hope so, too. (laughs) Thank you to, to you, Jane. Thank you to all of you who are listening to this podcast. We truly hope that the information will be helpful in your journey with your loved ones and that you will share this podcast with others you think they benefit. And before we end, we definitely want to say thank you to Pace at Home in Hickory, North Carolina, our sponsor for this and all our ACAP podcasts. We are indeed grateful for their support. This program is part of the MESH network of online shows and podcasts. You may find more of our Caregiver Community podcast on any of the platforms where you listen to podcasts and our website, www.acapcommunity.org. While you're on our site, we hope you will take a few minutes to learn more about ACAP, our educational programs, and our local chapters and all of our online resources. And if there are other topics you would like for us to address as a podcast, please do let us know. There's a way um, on on the website that you can do that. As we say so often in ACAP, regardless of our background, our education, our career, or anything else, when it's our mother, our father, our loved one who needs help, caring for and advocating for that person becomes very personal and extremely important. So please care well for your loved ones, but also remember to take care of you. Stay well.